Hello, everyone. Rep Brad coming to you from the Touchline. Today's podcast episode features special guest Jared Watts. Jared, also known as Wattsy, is a corporate recruiter and finished his professional soccer career a few years ago. He reflects on some of that, and we hear more of his story, which includes time spent at IMG's Academy, which back in the day was a special training environment for top soccer players in the U.S. This is a three-part series, so hold on to your hats. We kick off right after this. thinking he's going to go far post, not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in, far post, almost made him in, and they have, he has the hat-trick, the second in his career, the third of the night, the hat-trick hero. Talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner, goes towards the near post, and you're on the angle, and what a goal, what a goal. Jared Watts, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Touchline. It's good to have you back. It's only been three years. Oh my goodness. We we literally, the last time you were on, it was a pandemic and we were doing this by Zoom and this is fantastic to, to be with you again. I know it's been a little bit, but glad to be back on and appreciate you letting me uh reconnect again here we we had to wait for you to get your hair cut shorter before we could let you back on the pod i think (laughs) (laughs) that's true short hair no like crazy gnarly mountain beard um no no man bun no no none of that like what's going on you're cleaning up it's like you're growing up my boy yeah that's it (laughs) jared since uh since we last spoke there's been a few changes um what's been going on in life for you in the last three years or so yeah man a lot to unpack there a lot of changes a lot of good stuff um probably the most you know exciting change my wife and I had our first son so we've got he's now 18 months which is crazy it flies by yeah um but that's been honestly one of the greatest things probably the greatest thing that's ever happened to to me and to us and uh that's been really fun trying to keep up with him. We've kind of settled down and put some roots in Wilmington, North Carolina. We are in the historic district. We bought, you know, an old house that was built in 1903 and we've kind of put our own stamp on it and had a a fun time, never ending projects, but that's been fun. My wife's an architect, so she's kind of the brains behind it and I'm just the nice. Okay, just tell me what to do. You're the labor. Yep. Yep. Exactly. You guys should like do like a a show or something. The the Jared and Alley show. You know, <laughs> what? This is trademark, so make sure that I, I want to make sure this is protected. But okay. what's you what's you building? What's you building? I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm running uh, down to the trademark office right now. <laughs> there we go. No, I'm just like kidding. It. Just kidding. I always give Allie a hard time about that, but she's like, uh, oh, that's not great. So. <laughs> Um, but that's been fun. And now, I mean, it's almost, it's crazy to think, but I'm almost getting up to the point where I've been outside of soccer in my five years in MLS. And now I've almost been, you know, five years out of the game and five years, um, transitioning out and into executive search and recruiting. And so it's interesting to think like, wow, five years in MLS. And now I've almost hit five years, you know, outside of, outside of playing. But truthfully, your playing extends beyond your your pro years, right? And so 
What is what, when did you start playing soccer? Gosh, I mean, I have two older brothers who were kind of playing and I wanted to get involved and get started. And um, I mean, I, I was young, but I remember my mom always tells me this story. It's like your little we called it Mighty Might Soccer at the YMCA. It was the first time I ever went out there and played like organized soccer. I sat down in the middle of the field and cried because I was upset that like it wasn't real soccer that like my brothers played. So I didn't want to play and I didn't want to be a part of it. So <laughs> thankfully I gave it another shot. It, uh, it worked out, but yeah, yeah I, was, I was probably five, four five, six, you know, at that time. Oh, and it wasn't real soccer. Like what, what were they doing with the mighty mites? Were they letting you pick it up with your hands or like, <laughs> you know, just all chaos. Yeah. They were bunch yeah, ball. They were coaches on the field yeah you you everybody's kind of falling in, in, around like a school of fish and for some reason i just didn't want to be a part of it so i sat down in the middle of the field and cried you know there's people off on the side like picking flowers and all that so <laughs> who knows what i was thinking but i'm glad i gave it another shot oh my goodness well and to have your older brothers that are pushing you and like you know they're challenging you i'm i'm sure they take some credit for your career right <laughs> you know they they do and i I think I owe them a lot because we were in the backyard, like one of my early childhood memories. We always had like a big soccer goal in our backyard. We were lucky enough. My parents were just like, hey, if you want this, like we all love soccer, they would put it out there. So we would just spend hours and hours in the backyard and just playing. And as the youngest, like I was usually getting beat up on. I was getting, you know, kind of the the brunt of the force. And, you know, I got to a point where I was getting close to being as good as my older brothers. And then they made sure like, they would put me in my spot kind of so sure, sure it was fun oh man uh those those days those games those the backyard soccer is the best um it's funny i've you know just one of the blessings of being a chaplain uh, with the team is different occasions easter and different holidays you have people over and then what do you do? You you throw a ball down and start kicking it in the backyard and, and uh, I've had some great moments and even my own daughters, it's funny, uh, we didn't have uh, my oldest daughter play youth soccer and she went out for a middle school team one year and the coach was like, are, are you sure she hasn't played soccer before? <laughs> I was like, well, just backyard soccer with MLS guys sometimes, but uh, <laughs> yeah. and some cousins too that did a lot of youth soccer, so yeah, those those are fun moments. So, so Tommy's eighteen months now. Um, what's what's he love? What's he into? What's what's he uh, what's he passionate about? Right now, he's in a phase of like animals, and he's obsessed with all the animals and like what noises they're making. So it's funny. My wife and him are actually at the aquarium right now as we speak, and he's very excited to see the turtles. So he's he's oh. big into the turtles. We have a couple of um turtles like bath toys that he's obsessed with and then recently i had a you know the classic lion king big disney edition book that when i was a kid it was like one of my favorite books and we still had it my my mom and dad kept it and we've been getting him into li the lion king so he loves lions <laughs> he like roars every time he sees a lion and he's oh, wow. every night before bed he like wants to read that book like that's his go-to <laughs> or he cannot go to sleep so oh, that's that's, that's been fun um, oh man yeah what a what a great stage is there a good you said they're at the aquarium today um oh do they have like a zoo nearby like what's you know it's the aquarium's probably like the closest equivalent 
that he can get to a zoo on the coast here. There's a, there's an, a, a pretty good um, zoo that's a little bit kind of closer central North Carolina that he hasn't been to yet. So that's a that's a planned trip we need to go to. But so we're in downtown and within walking distance, we have like a great public library with an awesome children's museum mm-hmm. connected to it. Um, just some a couple of really cool parks and playgrounds like it's great because we're we're in walking distance to a lot of that. And he, um, you know, he can he can enjoy that. Um, and, you know, Allie enjoys kind of just walking him around the historic downtown and, um, you know, just checking everything out. So he's gotten to where he knows certain stops. And if we go by it, like uh, he has to stop and play or yeah. there's this, you know, down the street around the corner, there's a neighbor with a water statue with a turtle shooting water out of it. And so uh-huh. he like has to go see Mr. Turtle or, you know, oh. he just he's getting into these little routines, but it's so oh, fun. I mean, he's starting cool. to be more vocal and just it's, I mean, yeah, it's just the best thing ever. How is he with a ball? Has he, does he get excited with a, a ball at his feet or? That's funny. You know, my, uh, my parents actually this week at their church, they had a, um, a little sports camp for spring break and my parents were volunteering. And so they took him two days and, you know, he's too young. He's not really involved. He was just there to kind of hang out, but uh, just he, he got this. My dad was helping with some of the soccer drills and, you know, just helping coach the soccer aspect of the of the camp, um, the sports camp. And he was getting out there and wanted to follow my dad around. And, um, you know, he'll kick the ball every now and then. But his big thing was he's obsessed with like the water bottle. So he wants to I, I, I laugh. I'm like, he's training to be a really good water boy because he'll go and he'll line up all the water boys and he'll want to share the water with all the kids. And so. I think that's what he's more interested in uh, right now. No, it's okay. That's okay. We we all start somewhere, right? And, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's getting out there. Well, uh, w- one of the things, Jared, that uh, we talked about last time. You, of course, were a defender for most of your career, um, but you kind of had a different pathway. And as this podcast airs, we'll, we'll probably have a number of episodes. We'll we'll break this longer interview into a couple of episodes. Um, but you had a little bit of a different pathway. And I know that as we get set to air, we get into summer, the new youth season will approach August, the new developmental academy season will approach. You had a unique pathway in that you left home to follow soccer and, and the soccer dream. Talk, let's talk a little bit about that because that's kind of an, at least in the time that you and your parents did this that was a pretty well you tell me what kind of choice it was for your family was it easy difficult but it it was quite unique because it wasn't Mm -hmm. it was kind of rare wasn't it it was especially where I grew up I mean I was outside of Charlotte I grew up in a small town I got involved in ODP pretty early on which I think it's still around, but I'm kind of aging myself now where there was no development academy leagues. I was playing ODP, you know, got involved with some of the state teams and then the regional teams and then some of the national teams. Just just to pause you there, if ODP is Olympic development program. And so it was uh, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but my my sister-in-law was in this for a little bit. But you they kind of take the best talent in a region, put them in a pool and then kind of filter them down and kind of get the cream of the crop that way. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. You'd kind of start, think high level, big picture. You'd start within your state. And so you'd get together within regions of your state and then, you know, they'd kind of bring in the, the best players and then you'd move to 
kind of a centralized state team, quote unquote. And then during the summer, you'd go into like a regional, like region three was the Southeast. So any, anything from like hmm. Virginia down to Florida over to Texas. And so we'd all gather a lot of times it was in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, or, you know, we had one in Starksville, Mississippi at Mississippi state's campus. And then we would do regional teams. So where they would pick the best players kind of from the state teams to get together in a regional team. And then you move into the four regions, all get together for national team camp, you know, especially early on, like that was like U14, you know, very early stages of being exposed to like potential youth national teams. So that's how it all kind of got started. And I was a, you know, I was on a pretty good club team in North Carolina and then just got recognized and continued to kind of progress and move forward. And then luckily made it and was involved with the U14, U15, U6, you know, and I got to the point where I was 15, U16. And then that's when they, with the residency program that they had, that's not there anymore in Bradenton, Florida, but you know, the U S soccer residency program, you'd, you'd come down and you have around 40 kids that would be together and train and go to school. And the ultimate goal was to prepare for a U 17 world cup in like a two and a half year cycle. So, and, and go, I mean, if you had told me like as a eighth grader or freshman in high school that like, Hey, you're going to go off to school for soccer. Like that was just a foreign concept. I was like, that's like, that's weird. Nobody did that. Like nobody, that was just something you you never really thought about or considered, but I mean, the opportunity kind of got presented and, you know, I'm very close with my family and, and, you know, still tight knit with my family and live close by with them today. But we were just like, Hey, let's go for it. See, Mm. you know, if you like it, you like it. If not, if it doesn't work out, you know, Hey, Lord's in control, but he's opening up this door and why not? I mean, it's a sacrifice as a 15 year old to go away from home and school and your friends, but you know, you know, these individuals cause you spend time and you've played with them in the past, but it's definitely a kind of a new beginning in that sense. So talk a little bit more about that because residency today, as you said, the program doesn't exist, at least the U S soccer version of it, but many of the developmental academies are bringing in, uh, athletes and they're, they create these residency mm-hmm. systems or programs, if you will, they have host homes. Uh, some of them have a little bit different setups, but what was it like to, I mean, you knew some of the guys, the other 40 guys that were in, in camp, so to speak, or in the school, but describe to us a, a day in the life kind of thing. What, what did it look to train and do school? Like how, how did that all work together? Yeah. Well, and it was tough because you're still competing with these guys that you live with and you're you're spending time with every day because at the end of a semester, you're not guaranteed to be invited to come back. Right. So they're making changes. They're bringing in new players. Some are going out like I I was there the first semester. And, you know, luckily I made it through every semester, every I mean, and was there for the entire time. But that's the piece, too, at a young age. I don't I think it's tough to deal with. Like you're, you're still competing with these players as they're your teammates too so it's a weird you know kind of concept there but I mean and talk about like commitment and focus and you're waking up every day I mean three days a week you're waking up and you're in the gym at 6 a.m I was in the gym as you know 15 year old working out at 6 a.m going to the gym um you know lifting whatever the workout was and then you'd come back you'd have a little bit of a breakfast you'd get treatment and then we were heading in over to practice, um, you know, it's funny. We used to jump in the 16 passenger vans. We'd have to kind of drive around the corner, two, three minute drive. And, you know, we were on the fields from about nine to, 
I'd say 8.30 to 9 to like 11, 11.30. So that was – that. it's like soccer was your first kind of thing that you did mm-hmm. and you focused. And then, you know, you're getting off the field, you're going into treatment, you're having lunch, and then you're going to school. So school was almost kind of like, you know, maybe a second thought where you're going from to school for maybe one to five, right? In four hours, it's condensed and you're having to, you know, figure out, okay, well – how much school was really like you got out of it, what you put into it. Some guys were more motivated and just naturally wanted to study. Others weren't. And so, you know, the coaches had to deal with that. The administration had to deal with that. But, um, you know, as a 15 year old with nobody truly looking over your shoulder and yes, you're in class, but are you actually, you know, going into it and learning and, you know, being a part of that. So it was a balance of school and, and, and soccer. And, and, you know, I, I loved it. I still, I knew I wanted to, go to college most likely. So I, I, you know, valued and worked hard in the classroom also, but sure. not everybody did. Uh, talk a little bit more about the classroom. Was it just the guys that were in the program on the team or did you guys go to a, a local school and have classes like? Yeah. Fun, fun fact, myself, Demarcus Beasley and Landon Donovan all graduated from high school from the same school. Uh, it's not there anymore, but Bradenton okay. Prep. So we actually were kind of timed and grouped together. So it was mostly we were in school with just our teammates and, and the people in residency. Every now and then we'd have maybe like a one off of a you know regular student or normal student. But a lot of times it was we were just kind of bucketed into our own, um, you know, kind of classroom together with the teachers there but it was mostly just the the residency players so and it's like non-stop right yeah all day every day see these how guys do you disconnect? All the time. yeah yeah how, how so answer that like how do you disconnect how do you like if you have a bad day or if you have a dust up with someone how do you regulate that manage like get get some time to yourself or get away from it like i'm thinking these guys, you're in this intense program. You're it's soccer, soccer, soccer. It's a little bit of school. There's no girls. There's no, there's no like prom or homecoming or or these kinds yeah. of things, right? And so you don't have those school life kind of moments that make it fun in some yeah. ways or lighter. Uh, how did you guys lighten things up? Oh, it's interesting because no <laughs> sometimes it did carry over. Like if you have a, you know, a difficult practice or you get into it with a teammate, sometimes it would carry over. And maybe the guys lived together and you it was your roommate. And, you know, there's natural kind of groups that would hang out. But I think it was important just to whether it was an escape to, you know, play video games and not really think about it or. Sure. You know, I remember I had my guitar there and I had a couple buddies who played, you know, music. And so we would just kind of, you know, listen to music and try to play some music or we'd go walk around campus just to kind of get out. But, you know, there was a Smoothie King. You had to sign out. You couldn't leave campus unless you signed out and you had to be a certain age. So, yeah. you know, it almost felt like getting out of campus and going over, there was a Smoothie King. There was like a little restaurant you could go to, um, you know, it was in walking distance, but that kind of felt like, okay, well, you're getting out of it for a little bit. So, but it's definitely different. Like it's not a normal high school experience. But I wouldn't trade it for anything. I, I think it helped me as a player. It helped me as a person. I had to grow up pretty fast um, and just become mature And as I was on my own. But, you know, it, it, people struggled. And then there were times where it wasn't, you know, it wasn't easy, right? When you go through injuries and you're away from home and you're away from family and 
maybe you're out of form, you're not playing well, but as a 15 year old, like you're not used to that because you're always the best of the best. And now you're playing with the best guys across the country. Well, we're going to pause the interview there. Thanks, Jared, for offering such a unique perspective on what it was like to live away from home and work toward playing soccer during those later year, high school years of life. Jared's pathway was unique. You know, there's a lot of different ways in getting into professional soccer, but leaving home to live a couple states away was a rare thing back in Jared's day. It's becoming a little bit more commonplace with the ongoing development of the youth academy systems and all these professional clubs developing more and more resources towards young, promising players. Well, I hope you'll join us next week for part two. Jared shares about his ACL injury and some of the people that supported him during his time at IMG. So take care. This has been Rev Brad with Jared Watts coming to you from the Touchline.